courtesy of Bob the Engineer, Dolly the Receptionist, and yes, your host, your servant, the Jester. Oh, my Lord. We're wired that way. No point in fighting it. Hi, everybody. I'm Archie Bell with the Thrills of Houston, Texas. We don't only sing, but we dance. I'd like to buy the world a home and furnish it with love. Another public service announcement from Brill Cream. Finally, someone has reinvented the wheel. Hey, uh, you tuned into the ravings of a clown on Just Radio. <laughs> Don't argue with the ball. Roger, we'll go. It's as good as done. The complete solution for your home PC. Good evening, welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on in, have a seat, sit down. One at a time. Hello, my name is Jimmy Poppin. Come on in, come on in. It's a special evening. I have no idea what he just said. Saturn man, I'm hung like planet Pluto. So fucking juvenile. Oh, come on, man. It's just plain funny. Some things are just plain funny. And you know, the more you do, the more you say them, the fucking funnier they get. And also the Wookiee line I love. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Yeah. Alright. Hey, come on in, have a seat, put your feet up, put your head back. You do have head back permission for the duration of the show for the next 120 minutes. Sam Flan in second. Alright, that'll do. Hey, uh, you welcome to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's uh, Wednesday, March the 5th, the year of our Lord, 2008, but that's not all it is. Something 
very special happened 19 years ago today, 1989, I guess it was. Very special. It was uh, just before the 90s struck. It was a momentous occasion on this day, 19 years ago today. Bob the Engineer was born. Happy birthday, bud. Thanks. Thank you. Try not to be too overwhelmed. Oh, no, 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 no. It's just one of those, it was one of those days. How was know? the day? Did you get your... It was good. It was just one of those days where it was just like, man, it's my... Too much birthday? It's my... No, it was just like, it's my birthday. It didn't really mean shit. I see. When my girls... It's just one of those birthdays, when, you when know? The, You're bound to have one sooner or later. When the kids were little, I uh, used to read them those Berenstain Bears books yeah. and there was one called too much birthday where the kid was like got all upset you know it was like she wasn't the cake wasn't all her birthdays can be a very stressful day in the in the jester household we call that too much birthday too much birthday yeah i don't know if it was too much birthday. did you it get really the birthday, blo- birthday did you get the birthday blowjob ah no 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 tomorrow night we had uh, those two there was, there was, there was a whole bunch of people over i see one of those things that those people over before. How long does it take? Oh, it could, it could, it could, it could turn dra- into a lot of. It other could drag things. out. I see. It could turn into multiple. Things, I got so. you. I got you. We'll leave it at that. I got you. Well, because you did disappear for several minutes, I thought you were going to get your present right there. Uh, when? You, what do you mean when? When you were went out, and I guess you went out into the garage there, uh, playing pool or whatever. Oh, there's a million people out there. I see. No, I figured I didn't know where you went. Oh. I thought, Larry, maybe you and uh, Mrs. Bob no. hit the closet or something. No. Well, we got a special playlist just for Bob, and if you have anything you want to request uh, to dedicate to Bob, give us a call. Six four six five zero two eighty six hundred, or Skype into Jester Radio, uh, or stop by the Jester Radio uh, chat room at www.jesterradio.com. Click on where it says chat, and follow the uh, simple instructions, and join join in. Throw your uh, two cents into the thick of the fray, if you got a pair. If you don't, we understand. A lot of people have no testicles, and therefore they don't join. That's fine. There's an awful lot of people out there that don't have much testicle, man. I haven't heard very many people come Well, all in. the people that don't come into the chat room, are, aren't they pretty much? Maybe you should lay off them, you know? You guys are probably pretty brutal. Though. So now that you're getting old, now you're getting sensitive. Y- yesterday, you would have said they could suck your dick. No, I'm just saying, man. Look at the old man over there. What did you do to, to make it so nobody wants to call in, dude? <laughs> What the fuck did you do? I know. You know what it is? I mean, you're a, ni- you're a nice I enough guy. I don't shut up for a second. I know. You're a nice enough guy. You're just a fucking prick sometimes. Yeah, I intimidate people. Yeah. Do I intimidate you? No, not but one fucking You seem fucking like you're bit. quivering in your boots over there. Just because you're fucking shadow. What do I? Just because I'm Enormous. Just because I'm what? Be careful where you tread now. <laughs> it's uh, time now. I can, I can tread... I can tread lighter places than you. <laughs> From high atop Jester Radio Studios in a secret location outside your universe. It's the uh, news with your host, Bab. Uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton declared today that her primary victories in Ohio, Texas, and Rhode Island had reordered the Democratic presidential race in her favor. Apparently, nobody uh, in her outfit has a calculator. A resilient Barack Obama countered with fresh pledges of support 
from superdelegates and said his lead remained intact. One day after his worst showing in a month, Obama blamed negative attacks by the former first lady for the defeats and quickly made good on a promise to sharpen his criticism of her. So, in other words, the gloves are off, he says. He's been putting up with her dirty... What's the deal? What's the deal? He's got nothing to fucking complain about. Nobody's really taking a shot at him other than well, the, Hillary. Well, the, the red phone. I mean, phone. come on. What new, who, who is taking a shot at him? The red phone. I mean, really. He's, he's really had not... No one's really fucked with him that much. No, you're right. He's just a greenhorn, and he doesn't know what being fucked with is like. Yeah, I know. The wait second, they, the second somebody really... gives him any shit, dude, all of a sudden, oh, I'm sitting in my vagina. I can't play. Wait till he starts running the country. Wait, well, you know what, Obama bin Laden? You're going to have to go out in the fucking White House lawn and sit on a sprinkler because sand in the pussy does not work. You are such a bigot. How am I a bigot? One day after Obama, a, a, Osama, he's not, he's, he's not a Muslim. He's, not, he's, he's a plain old American. Don't start picking on his, his <laughs> dude, name. Dude, he asked for it. That's Fuck the him, lowest dude. you can go is to pick on somebody's name. Fuck that, dude. I can say whatever I want. One day after his worst That's showing in a here. month, Obama blamed negative attacks. You just said it yourself. Fuck you. What? Obama. Yeah, but you said like Hussein or something. I said Obama bin Laden. Yeah, that. But well, that's not his name. It's well, that's, that's what I not mean. his name. It's not Obama. It's a racist comment. You just made a racist comment. How are you going to fucking criticize me for making one when you just made one? His name is Obama. Is it? I could, Barack I, Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah, but it's not bin Laden. There's a difference. Obama is the actual name. Bin Laden refers to a terrorist. Uh, hiding in the borders of Afghanistan. I don't know. It all Snap out like, of it. It all sounds like fucking gibberish to me, dude. There was no totally disputing he had missed like the chance to drive her from the race or that in contrast to the Republicans who have settled on Arizona, Senator John McCain and their nominee, the Democrats face the prospect of a potentially diverse campaign lasting deep into spring. Man, nobody was looking for that. I'm concerned about unity. That's the major reason I've stayed out of this, said Senator Bob Casey of Pennsylvania, who's neutral. The longer the campaign goes on, the more difficult it will be to unify and heal. Returns from Texas caucuses showed Obama. I say that Obama should just fucking give up then for the sake of unity. He doesn't have a prayer in hell. Well, then, Does he? It, dude. For the sake know. of unity, man. Nobody wants a black man. Returns from the Texas caucuses showed Obama reclaiming some of the ground in the delicate competition that he lost Tuesday night as Clinton's victories piled up. Overall, she showed a gain of 12 delegates for the contests of the ballot, uh, according to the uh, AP count, with another dozen to be awarded in all. 370 were at stake. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about 370 people. This is supposed to be a democracy, and 370 people are deciding who we all going to get to vote for in November. What is wrong with this picture? This is what they're fighting for. So what do they do? They do research. They do background research on these 370 people, and they fucking say whatever the hell they think they want to hear. And they rationalize it by saying it's just, you know, interim uh, uh, bullshit uh, because once the real campaign starts, that's when I'll start being honest, you know. Bullshit. 
You can't you can't appeal to 370 people and be the best uh, person for the entire country. It just it's by definition it's fucking it's fucked. Yeah. Meanwhile, officials in Michigan and Florida are showing renewed interest in holding repeat presidential nominating contests so that their votes will count in this epic Democratic campaign. The Michigan governor, along with top officials in Hillary Rodham Clinton's campaign and Florida State Party Chair, are now saying they would consider holding a sort of do-over by June. That's a change from their previous insistence (laughs) that the primaries that their states held in January should determine how the delegates are allocated. Clinton won both, but the results were meaningless because the elections violated the National Party rules. Democratic National Committee stripped both states of all their delegates for holding the primaries too early. And uh, all Democratic candidates, including Clinton and Obama, agreed not to campaign in either state. And Obama's name wasn't even on the Michigan ballot. So the Democratic Party, this is, again, how this, this party system is really fucking us. Because the, 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 in a, Florida and Michigan got this idea, let's be the first to have primaries. And the, and the home base, Democratic National Committee, said, no, you don't. You wait in line till June when you're supposed to have your primaries. And they had them anyway. And the Democratic National Committee said, you know what, fuck you, we're not counting your votes. So now for Florida and Michigan want to do it over. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind the other one. We'll do it over. We'll do it to do over. The FBI acknowledged today that it improperly accessed Americans' telephone records, credit reports, and Internet traffic in 2006, the fourth straight year of privacy abuses resulting from investigations aimed at tracking terrorists and spies. And why haven't they this is why this, this is why we don't believe the government when they say, trust us, because we know for a fact that they're lying through their teeth. And the really scary shit is, what the fuck don't we know with this administration? The yeah, bre- I know, right? The breach occurred before the FBI enacted broad new uh, reforms in March 2007 to prevent future lapses, FBI Director Robert Mueller said. And it was caused in part by banks, telecom companies, and other private businesses giving the FBI more personal client data than was requested. So it's the, it's the bank's fault. Testifying at a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, Mueller raised the issue of the FBI's controversial use of the so-called national security letters in reference to an upcoming report on the topic by the Justice Department Inspector General. An audit by the Inspector General last year found that the FBI demanded personal records without official authorization or otherwise collected more data than allowed in dozens of cases between 2003 and 2005. Additionally, last year's audit found that FBI had underreported to Congress how many national security letters were requested by more than 4,600. Holy shit. So there's such filthy lying sacks of shit. And you know who I blame? Say it with me. Who? Bush. Bush? Because the fish stinks from the head down. Because these people think they're exempt from the Fourth Amendment because their executive thinks he's exempt from the Fourth Amendment. You know why? You know, you know why? You know what? I just got one thing to say, and I don't know why it's really random, but I feel like I have to say it. Just go ahead, say it, get, say it, Bob. I gotta get it off. Spit my it chest. out. Get it off your chest, son. You know why I love Clinton? <laughs> Hillary, you mean, or no, Bill? Bill? Why? Because he served between the bushes. 
Think about it. Hey, 19 is uh, Bob the Engineer's uh, birthday today. Please don't fuck with that dial. It's March the 5th, the year of our Lord, 2008. Leave it right where it is.
some weed whites and wine and you show me a sign and I'll be willing to be moving little feet on Jester radio and uh, that one goes out to uh, Bob the engineer happy birthday old son thank you thank you very much. I hope that uh, you get some of all those things and much more this uh, great day we started out that set with Steely Dan hey 19 and that's how long you've been here. Yeah, not very long. How's it feel? Minuscule in comparison. Seems to like only yesterday you were eighteen, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Files and I, the, the, you know, there's a joke that never goes old. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown this Wednesday, March the 5th. Files in a laptop computer seized from the wreckage of a Colombian rebel camp in Ecuador offer new insights into Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez's desire to undermine Colombia-U.S. allied government. If it's authentic, the computer file suggests Chavez has been in league with the rebels for more than a decade. While Chavez is not one of the correspondents, his sentiments are conveyed in numerous messages exchanged by the rebels. Venezuela contends that the texts are lies and fabrications. If so, they are expertly done. Not only do they offer an unprecedented glimpse into the rebels' mindset, they also reflect deepening rebel contacts with European governments and even representatives of the United States who have tried to negotiate the release of dozens of hostages. They are signed electronically by the most powerful men in the leftist revolutionary armed forces of Colombia, or the FARC, the hemisphere's oldest and most potent rebel movement. Those signing the documents include Raul Reyes, the FARC's foreign minister and public face who was killed when uh, Colombian commandos raided his jungle hideout in Ecuador on Saturday. And uh, his killing, along with 23 of his comrades, struck a chilling blow to the group. Others who signed messages include Manuel Manulanda, the rebel 77-year-old supreme leader, Jorge Briseno, their much-feared field marshal, and Ivan Marquez, the insurgents' apparent go-between with Chavez, Marquez is believed to uh, live in Venezuela. copy of 13 documents was sent to reporters uh, yesterday by Colombia's National Police Chief General Oscar Naranjo. He revealed their existence on Sunday as his government came under a withering diplomatic attack for violating Ecuador's territory with the raid. So they're trying to sort of make up for it by claiming they have all these documents now. Oh, really? That show Hugo Chavez has been, you know, in league with Satan all along. And if, you know, and this is it's actually... kind of like, you ever see that episode of South Park where uh, Saddam Hussein is like fucking Satan and shit? He goes it was to not Satan, he, he was in love with Satan. He's like in the... Yeah, they were like fucking in, each other. Yeah, that was kind of gross. That's what, that's what I'm comparing. Yeah, that was funny. Nearly 40,000 people learned this week, get this fucking story... That a trip to the doctor may have made them sick. 40,000 people. What? In a type of scandal more often associated with third world countries, a Las Vegas clinic was found to be reusing syringes and vials of medication Jesus for nearly four Christ. years. The shoddy practices may have led to an outbreak of the potentially fatal hepatitis C and exposed patients to HIV. The discovery led to the biggest Jesus. public health notification operation in U.S. history brought demands for investigations and caused scores of lawyers to seek out patients at risk for infections. Thousands of patients are being urged to be tested for the viruses. Six acute cases of hep C have already been confirmed. The surgical center and five affiliated clinics have been closed. I find it baffling, frankly, that in this day and age anyone would think it was safe to reuse a syringe, said Michael Bell, Associate Director for Infection Control at the National Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. One of the infected patients is retired airplane mechanic Michael Washington, 67, who was the first to report his infection. On the advice of his doctor, he received a routine colon exam in July at the uh, Endoscopy Center of Southern Nevada. And then in September, 
and this is just uh, you know a few months later, four months later, he started to get sick. He was uh, losing weight. His urine turned dark. His stomach hurt. And by January, it was clear what had happened. Washington describes the virus as a creeping death sentence and worries that others will hear his story and think twice about getting preventative care that they need. In letters that began arriving this week, patients who received injected anesthesia at the endoscopy center from March 2004 to mid-January were urged to get tested for hepatitis B, C, and HIV. You know, I'll tell you an interesting story. The former future ex-Mrs. Chester was a, you know, IV drug user for many years um, before we got married. And um, she had never given blood in all the time we were married. And then when 9-11 happened, she went to give blood and uh, they told her she had hepatitis C. Jesus. And it hadn't, you know, it, it was dormant all those years, and she had to get a shot in her ass. Every Friday I had to give her a shot, and she was eventually cured of it because the disease never hit. But for the people, so some people carry it for years, and they never get it. Yeah. And some people, this guy got, got you know, sick to the point where he's, you know, his liver is soon f- going to fail in four fucking months. Jesus. Officials estimate that 4% of the patients already had the virus when they entered the clinic compared with the 0.5% for hep B less than the U.S. percent for HIV. Hepatitis is also easier to transmit than HIV. You put the two together, and hepatitis C is really a big concern, they said. So they've been doing this uh, for at least four years that they know of. And, you know, you would think that somebody would have come forward in four years, a fucking nurse or a doctor, and report this to the fucking health authorities, man really stunning and what's worse is that patients must have seen him doing it too yeah how do you not see that you know if i ever saw a nurse putting a needle back into a medicine jar after she took it out of another medicine jar that would be the end man i'd be i'd be running out of that fucking hospital faster than you could fucking say uh bob's your uncle i'm not your uncle no it's just a it's just a saying it's from england Researchers have uncovered a rare photograph of a young Helen Keller and her teacher, Ann Sullivan, nearly 120 years after it was taken on Cape Cod and tucked inside a family album. Can you imagine? Photograph lasted all these years, 120 years. Photograph shot in July of 1888 in Brewster near Boston shows an eight-year-old Helen sitting outside in a light-colored dress holding Sullivan's hand and cradling one of her beloved dolls. Expert on Keller's life believe it could be the earliest photo of the two women together and the only one showing the blind and deaf child with a doll. The first word Sullivan spelled for Keller after they met in 1887, according to the New England Historic Genealogical Society, which now has the photo. It's really one of the best images I've seen in a long, long time, said Helen Selson, an archivist of the American Foundation for the Blind, where Keller worked for more than 40 years. This is just a huge visual addition to the history of Helen and Annie. So it's great that the that the Blind Society, the American Blind Society, has a huge archive of photographs. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah. They have a lot. Of, they have a huge... <laughs> that, is that bizarre? I'm sorry. Four arcs of water. I'm sorry. Un- I'm sorry. That's like the deaf having a whole bunch of audio uh, recordings. Of records, yeah. It's bizarre. 
Four arcs of water unleashed from a dam coursed through the Grand Canyon today in a flood meant to mimic the natural ones that used to nourish the ecosystem by spreading sentiment. More than 300,000 gallons of water per second were released from Lake Powell above the dam near the Arizona-Utah border. That's enough water to fill the Empire State Building in 20 minutes. Whoosh. Jesus. That gives you a glimpse of what nature has been doing for millions of years, cutting through and creating this magnificent canyon. Interior Secretary uh, Dirk Kempthorne said after he pulled the lever, releasing the water from the Glen uh, Canyon Dam upstream from the Grand Canyon National Park. The water gushed for two of four giant steel tubes and parallel arcs into the Colorado River. By afternoon, water poured from all four tubes, creating a churning pool beneath the sheer sandstone canyon's uh, walls rising hundreds of feet. It was just a spectacular thing. I'm looking at the picture here. The water gushing out. Just yeah. trillions of fucking gallons of uh, water rushing out. The water level at the Grand Canyon rose 2 to 15 feet in some places. After the flood ends on Friday, officials hope the water will leave behind sediment and restore sandbars as it goes back to the normal levels. Officials have flooded the canyon twice before, once in 1996 and in 2004. Ah. Before the dam was built in 1963, the uh, river was warm and muddy, and natural flooding built up sandbars that are essential to the native plant and fish species. So they want to keep those sandbars going. Yeah. Got to keep the sandbars. Otherwise, the, the fishies will... We wouldn't want... You lose fish. fish. We wouldn't want that to happen. No, I got to have my fish. Yeah. I loves my fish. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. It's a special, special day. It's March the 5th. This one goes out to the Po. Don't fuck with that dial. As the cafe was closing on a warm summer night. Kathy was cleaning the spoons The radio played The hit parade And I hummed along with the tune She asked me to change the station Said the song just drove her insane But it weren't just the music playing It was me she was trying to blame And the sky is black and still now On the hill where the angels sing Ain't it funny how an old broken bottle Looks just like a diamond ring But it's far, far from me Well, I leaned on my left leg In the parking lot dirt Kathy was closing the lights June bug flew from the warmth they once knew And I wished for once I weren't right While we used to laugh together And we danced any old song Well you know She still laughs with me But she waits 
just a second too long And the sky is black and still now On the hill where the angels sing Ain't it funny how an old broken bottle Looks just like a diamond ring But it's far, far from me Some gas. Kathy was closing her purse. Well, we hadn't gone far in my beat up old car. I was prepared for the worst. Will you still see me tomorrow? No, I got too much to do. Well, a question. Ain't really a question If you know the answer to And the sky is black and still now On the hill where the angels sing Ain't it funny An old broken bottle Looks just like a diamond ring But it's far, far from
lines form on my face and my hands. Lines form from the ups and downs. I'm in the middle without any plans. I'm a boy and I'm a man. I'm 18. I get confused every day. Alice Cooper on Jester Radio. The uh, um, John Prine before that, Far From Me, goes out to uh, S. Poe. Did you ever see that scene in uh, Wayne's World with Alice Cooper? And he's just like real straight edge and acts like a fucking goofball dude. That's so funny, but you know, that's actually an old joke about Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper was my generation's, you know, Marilyn Manson. He was yeah. shocking. Came out, you know, and um, bit the heads off of birds and, you know, did all this magic and everything. And years later, you, you know, I don't know if you know this about me. When I, when I was a kid, your age, I was a professional magician. Oh, really? And I studied with the amazing Randy, who was a great escape artist. And he was um, Alice Cooper's touring magician for like 20 years. He's also nice. a very famous skeptic now. He's an uh, editor at the Skeptical Inquirer. And um, he told me that Alice Cooper was the most amazing dude. He came in, you know, to the concert in a suit and tie. And he'd go into the dressing room. He'd put that fucking makeup on. And he'd put the those clothes he, on. Did he do it himself? Yeah. Yeah. That's, he, was that's, just that's the most, a- he was just the most run-of-the-mill, everyday kind of dude. You would see him walking in off the street. You would never think this was the great Alice Cooper. And then he'd go out. He'd fucking blood pouring everywhere, fire and fucking shit flying everywhere. Then he'd go back off stage, take off, you know, put on, back on his suit and tie, and then go home to the wife and kids. That's a true showman. Right that's right? A, yeah, that is a true showman. And uh, I saw him live, you know, many times. And uh, when I was 18 years old, man, that song was my anthem. Too bad we missed you by just a day. But uh, I still like the song, so you can go ahead and feel free to enjoy it, even though you're no longer a pitsy little 18. At least I'm not an old man like you. That's a fact. Hey, you're listening to The Old Man on Jester Radio this uh, Wednesday. Uh, March the 5th. No finalist has ever been portrayed as openly gay during the past six seasons of American Idol. Is that possibly true? What about that Clay Aiken guy? Yeah, right? Isn't he fucking... Does anybody have any doubt? Didn't he get, like, the world's most light in the loafers award or something? You know, that's a good point. What is it with the homos? Not only do they act like a chick, but they act like an eight-year-old chick. Like, screaming at that. I don't know any chicks that act the way homos act. They're like they're like a parody of a chick. I don't know. I do have one friend that's a homo, and he's one tough ass motherfucker. I well, they, you, you got your tough homos. A, he's a tough fucking homo. Those dude. are like the equivalent of like a lipstick uh, lesbian. Yeah, they actually look like a normal person. You know, not everything they do is about how gay they are. Or it would be idle business as usual. It feels like we're closer now than ever to having an openly gay contestant on the show said uh, Jim Varos, who came out after his run as a finalist on the first uh, season of Idol. I'm not here to name any names, but I feel like there are some definite possibilities for this to happen this year, he said. So it, we actually have a recording of his interview. You want to cue that up, Bob? Yeah. I'm not here to name any names, but I feel like there are some definite possibilities for this to happen do I think it'll happen? I don't know. I hope it does. Why do they talk like that? Yeah, I know, Why don't right? they just talk like a person? Even women don't fucking talk like that. 
On Thursday, the current 16th, but that is, in fact, that was an actual recording. Yes, it was. On Thursday, the current 16th semifinalists will be narrowed down to 12 finalists who will perform live each week until the seventh winner of the American Idol is selected by the voting public. At its core, Idol is a singing competition, but finalist popularity have always seemed to play a big role in who moves forward. So it's a popularity contest now. We, As you remember, there was this one year where they kept voting for this guy who sang like a fucking... Yeah, uh, wasn't he William Hong hinge. or something? Yeah, the guy. And they finally let him go. He's like, okay, me have a, so much of fun. Oh, me see you next year for so it much fun like again. was like so brutally, painfully bad. And he did these like great songs. And he just couldn't not. He watch. did. Um, he did like uh, all these party songs. A former Na- a former Navy sailor was convicted today of leaking details about ship movements to suspected terrorism supporters, an act that could have uh, endangered his own crewmates. Jurors convicted Hassam Abu Jihad, thirty two of Phoenix, of providing material support to terrorists and disclosing classified national defense information on the second day of deliberations. Why don't they just give every guy with that name, Abu Jihad, and names like that, why don't they just give him a pass on the military? No thanks. Don't yeah. need you. Don't need you. Next. Just like that guy in Full Metal uh, Jacket, dude. They could have passed his ass so easily. Wh- which Come one? On. The fucking guy that was retarded. The guy on his... On, uh, uh, oh, Vincent, D- v- Vincent uh, D'Onofrio? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they could have passed on him, but they need they need the eggs. The American-born Muslim uh, convert, formerly known as Paul, <laughs> hey, let me get the poker. Faces up to 25 years in federal prison when he's sentenced, and that's another thing. If they come in and their name is Abu Jihad, then you can say to them, "Look, we'll make you a deal. If you change your name to Smith, we'll let you in." But if a guy, his name was Smith, and he changed it to Abu Jihad, I think that's a definite no. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, put the kibosh on that one. I would think so. He faces up to 25 years in federal prison when he's sentenced in May. His attorney, Dan LaBelle, said that an appeal was likely. What do you need, the pokey? Yeah. I don't know where that is. Here it is. Bob is is quietly manufacturing marijuana cigarettes as we speak. No, I'm not. The American-born Muslim convert was formerly known as Paul R. Hall. We're disappointed with the <laughs> verdict. What kind of name is you that? imagine. We respect the process. It was a close case, LaBelle said. Reached by telephone this afternoon, a juror called the case difficult and said there was plenty of debate in the two days of deliberation. It was a very, very difficult decision to make, said the juror, who spoke on condition of anonymity. It was not uh, something that was clear cut. When we concluded, there was not a doubt in our mind. Abu Jihad's relatives declined to comment, uh, but one of them said, Oh, yes, my nephew is not guilty of this crime. The leak. I do not know what you speak of this treason. <laughs> the leak came Damn increased, you! Damn you all! Increased awareness on the part of Navy commanders whose ships headed to the Persian Gulf in the months after a terrorist ambush in 2007 killed 17 sailors above the USS Cole. Fortunately, there wasn't an attack based on the information uh, this guy passed. According to the FBI, uh, he was a signalman aboard the USS Benfold. Uh, He was accused of passing along details that included the makeup of the Navy battle group, its planned movements, and a drawing of the group's formation, 
when it was to pass through the dangerous Strait of Hormuz in the Persian Gulf in 2001. So... And they're just dealing with this fucking asshole now? Yeah, that's the way they do it in the military. They lock you up for a long fucking time, man. The wheels of justice grind slowly. Slowly. Or as Martin Luther King said, the arc of justice is long. The Iraqi government is refusing to execute um, Saddam Hussein henchman and cousin known as Chemical Ali unless the death sentences of the other two Saddam officials are also approved. So they're threatening they won't hang the guy unless they let him hang them all. The dispute pits the government of Prime Minister uh, Nuri al-Maliki against the three-member presidential council, which moved last week to block the two other executions in what was seen as possible attempt to appease the minority Sunni Arabs. The standoff underscores the often unclear lines of authority in Iraq and is another blow to Iraq's beleaguered judicial system. You know, see, that's what's wrong with these fucking assholes. You know, they can't just be happy with killing a couple people. they got to kill all of them. Just well, fucking kill a couple people and be done with it. Well, them, yeah, that, you know, that is uh, uh, one way of looking at it. They should just uh, sort of uh, take a very moderate stand on everything. Anything extreme these guys do is scary. Well, that's how they live their lives. Like, totally, dude, extreme. Except it's like an Arab. Like, yeah, extreme. Extreme, let's kill them all. They both sounded exactly the same to me, those two. Yeah. Oh, yes, extreme. That's <laughs> For some reason, will, the way you do it, he says... We will hang them It'll be a Ramadan good time. For, yes, it will. My for, name is Punjab, and I am a carpet salesman. For some reason, the way you do it, it sounds so uh, harmless. It doesn't sound like a threatening... Uh, yeah, but that's the way they act. They fucking creep up on you, dude. Just like they do. I mean, come on. It sounds this, like this that guy, guy Abou from this the This guy creeped into the, the fucking... This guy creeped into the fucking Navy... And then fucking started disclosing information. I mean, come on, dude. They're all sneaky fucking bastards to me, dude. All the fucking terrorists are all sneaky bastards. That's why it's so hard to fucking, you know, get on an airplane. You see a fucking somebody of Arab descent, you know. It's so hard to not want to fucking run out the door, you know. Well, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be... I'm not... I'm not trying to look at you differently because of who you are or where you come from, but I mean, shit, I'm gonna have to, dude, because, I mean, fucking deal with your problems, dude. Damn. Well, fucking killing us, that's dude. too bad because obviously the vast majority of people who look like they're from the Middle East are clearly not terrorists. So maybe what we need to do is what we used to do back in the 60s is we need to educate people. We need to show them what people in foreign countries look like because we're so fucking provincial here in America. We don't know shit about the rest of the world. So maybe if we saw what other people look like and, you know, we saw the face of the enemy and they look just like me, as Dion said, then maybe um, it would go a long way to, you know, making people a little bit less um, racist. Do you know why there hasn't been a major attack since 9-11? Why? Because there's just not that many terrorists, Bob. Really? They're not all terrorists. That's why. Yeah, but still, I can't. You know, I'm not going to take the fucking chance, dude. I'm sorry, man. I just, I don't know. It's my fucking life, you know. It was a bunch of wackos, um, all from fucking Saudi Arabia, not from Iraq. Not a single one of them. 
and um, they were not even involved with the, you know, Al-Qaeda. It was a whole different group. When two guys in cowboy garb offered the sheriff's deputies donuts, and then the deputies investigated a burglary involving donuts, <laughs> and Prince donuts? with Prince of Cowboy Boots, didn't, didn't, <laughs> what? didn't take so Sherlock Wayne, Holmes John to crack Wayne, the case. John Wayne fucking robbed the donut shop, and then the officer, and then they offered them to the cops. The officers kind of put two and two together. Deputy District Attorney David Hopkins said today at the sentencing of Adam Hancock, 21, of Baker, uh, near Roseburg, Oregon, on theft and burglary charges. Sheriff's deputies... Hey. Continue. Sheriff's deputies reported that they found Hancock and his cousin, uh, Vincent Whitey, 19 in Roseburg on January 11th, and the pair offered them uh, some uh, donuts. Well, apparently, this, which, is, what by the way, they this is what happens when you take large amounts of LSD and then smoke massive quantities of marijuana. I've never robbed a store in my life, and I've taken massive quantities of all those things. So, this is what happens when you take I'm massive. Ta- I'm talking about those couple of people that just can't fucking handle it, though. You know, there's always that one dude that just fucking starts wigging out, you know, and they just take it way too far, just like those Arabs. Can you ever picture yourself running into a store and holding up a gun and saying, give me the money? No. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. You know why the cops hang out? I don't know. I mean, like... At the, it, at the uh, donut shop? I don't know, like... If because it was of all the robberies. Like, if, it was, if, it was, if it was my kid that was, like, about to die... And I needed money for the operation. The only way to get it was to steal it. I'd I fuck that. Yeah, I'd steal it. Well, that's I'd an, go to jail. That's fuck an it. interesting example. That, of course, is the classic example that you would steal in order to save your own life or your children. But um, I don't see why that's why that even makes sense. So why should I? Why should I pay for your kid? Why don't you then come and ask me? Who the fuck gives you the right to steal somebody else's property? I don't think starving to death is an excuse. Yeah, no, there's a way out of it. Die, <laughs> or maybe ask somebody, or maybe figure out a way to work for food, um, or earn it. But yeah, I'm there's always kid, options. I'm saying if my kid had some kind of horrible disease, yeah, is he going to die? Is he going to die that day? Is he going to die in, gonna, in a week? Do you have die, three days gonna, to earn some yeah, money? I got like three days to come well, up yeah, with you can get, you a can, shitload of money. Yeah, well, then, or he, the kid dies. But that doesn't mean ethics don't change because the situation involves you. Well, see, that's I'm where, against that's the death your, penalty. See, that's if, where if, your the opinion, people always, my opinion pe- differ. Pe- people always say, Oh, you're against the death penalty? What if they rape your mother? Are you for it then? So they sort of try and make it, you know, like if it's a really personal, really heavy thing, then I'll change my ethics. But no, if they rape my mother or if they, they, you know, do anything imaginable to my daughter that you sick shit that you can come up with, I'm still against the death penalty. So you have to be either, you know, your ethics have to be ironclad. Can't be flexible. Can't blow in the wind and say, "Well, if my kid's going to starve, then obviously my ethics, you know, go out the fucking window." Bullshit. If you're going to live a noble ethical life, then your fucking ethics, you know, don't ever change. You may grow and change over the years, but not because of circumstances, but uh, you know, because of you know thoughtful contemplation. You want that? What do you got? You think it is? 
tastes just like pussy. How do they do that? I don't know. Shortly afterwards, the officer investigated a, ro- a burglary at a store from which cigarettes, candy, chewing gum, and donuts were missing. And there were boot prints. Boot prints. His attorney said Hancock had mental disabilities and was easily led. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking Hancock about? Hancock told the judge that he'd been drinking whiskey before the burglary and vowed to make restitution for the $895 worth of donuts and crap. He got two 10-day jail terms with credit for time served. It's not bad. And the other guy, Whitney, Whitley, he pleaded to the same thing last month. He got the same thing. It's not that bad. Could be worse. I tell you, they should get some time off for offering the donuts to the cops. It's not like they were pigs about it. They offered them to the cops. One Central Kentucky Elvis Presley impersonator maybe. So sing- oh, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. So now you're, you're changing your ethics. You're gonna say, it's okay, you know, they should they should get a break just because. Yeah. They yeah. offer donuts. To exactly. The cops. That's my whole point. So. If I say if I robbed a store, then I offered money to the cop right after I robbed the you store. You should get a couple of the time. Yeah, you get time off. Yeah, actually, I think you get. I uh, think that's I called think mitigating get, circumstances. I think, I think you get. More it's time an for action that. that lessens the severity of your crime. If you, um, you know, kidnap somebody, but then later renege and hand them back over, even though kidnapping was a crime, you mitigated it by doing something that lessened the severity of it. And yes, I think that should be taken into consideration. Because the mens rea of a crime is always the most important thing. The state of mind, what the criminal intended to do. Obviously, if somebody runs somebody over completely by accident, then they shouldn't be punished. And if they run somebody over a lot by on purpose, because they were completely negligent and mean, then they should get the buck thrown at them. And then there are various degrees in between. The American law recognizes this. There's, you were a little reckless, but the other guy was reckless too, and he ran out, and, you know, there are mitigating circumstances. So fucking, it's a complicated-ass world. Now, everything's not so cut and dried. A Jasmine County District Court says 64-year-old David uh, Blaisdell of Lexington must spend three days in jail for contempt of court for showing up in court drunk and dressed like Elvis. <laughs> Blaisdell was wearing sunglasses and dressed in a rhinestone studded shirt with a scarf draped around his neck. You know, when we uh when we take another break, we're gonna dedicate some Elvis to this asshole. All right. County Attorney Brian Guttel said Blaisdell was in court for a pretrial conference on misdemeanor charges of stalking and violating a protective order. Fucking scum. Godel says the judge had Blaisdell tested for intoxication. The result was that um, he was nearly twice the .08 level of which a person is considered legally drunk in Kentucky. You know that uh, George Carlin line <laughs> of like all these phrases that don't make sense? Legally drunk. What's the problem, officer? He's legally drunk. <laughs> Godel said Blaisdell uh, told the judge that he'd had a few drinks the night before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Your Honor. Well, I parked in my truck. Thank you very much. I par- well, Your Honor, I parked in my truck right down the street from the courthouse. <laughs> and all night I stayed up drinking whiskey <laughs> and taking methamphetamines. But it's okay because I'm here now. I tell you, and he should have gotten you, thank some. Thank you very much. And let me tell you, man, he should get some fucking points for that. 
for 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 at least being at least, entertaining and being funny. And I mean, he was not like he killed somebody. It's not like he killed somebody. Go out like a king. <laughs> go out like a man. You gotta hand it to a guy, man, who shows up in court dressed like Elvis. Come on. I mean, that's just. Hey, you're listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. 646-502-8600. Stop by the Jester Radio chat room and say hi. This one goes out to Bob. I know he was singing this song all day today. You're on Jester Radio. Please don't fuck with that dial. At a bar down in Dallas, an old man chimed in. I thought he was out of his head Just being a young man I just laughed it off When I heard what that old man had said He said I'll never again Turn the young ladies' heads A go running off into the wind I'm three quarters home From the start to the end And I wish I was eighteen again Again, going where I've never been. But old folks and old folks stand tall, just pretend. I wish I was eighteen again. Pages and old life goes so fast. The years turn the black hair all gray. I talk to some young folks, hey, they don't understand the words this old man's got to say.
just fill in the horns this is not the live version this is the studio version but you can still hear the chicks singing Elvis Presley on uh, Jester Radio how, I bet you that's what that guy said when he walked into court oh George you caught me in a trap <laughs> I can't walk out I can't walk out I can't walk out I love you baby it's Marilyn Monroe chick, before that <laughs> Singing uh, happy birthday to uh, President uh, JFK. Well, uh, I have to say there, uh, Mrs. Uh, Monroe, you are the most beautiful woman I have ever met. And it would be an honor 
if you would allow me to wash my winky in your kitchen sinky. <laughs> and you know he did too. Yeah, you know, I, I bet ten bucks he said it. But she did it in the uh, in the in the in the study next to the Oval Office. And he had a bad back, by the way. He was, it, you know, came out years later. He was on massive oh, pain. But she killers. looked, she looked like she could ride. A so dead she day. must have been, you know, down on her knees because he was not really fit for, you know, straight fucking bullshit, man. That no, chick, I'm telling you, that chick could ride a dick, dude. Maybe. That chick could ride. Who a knows? Dick. You know, she said years later that she was like, you know, dry as a bone. She was always um, fascinated by how men were very titillated by her because she thought of herself as being, you know, very asexual. But, uh, you know, they started, like, you know, fucking raping her when she was probably, you know, like seven or eight or some shit. Yeah. You know, she had an abusive uh, upbringing. So, hey, you're listening to the Roovings of Acclaim this uh, Wednesday. It's March the 5th. It's a magical day here in uh, Jester Radio Land. And why is that, Bob? Why, why is this day uh, different from all other days? Is my I don't know. Why? You explain to me. Well, it's just an ordinary day. Really Watch what happened 19 years ago today. Well, 19 years ago it wasn't, today. We, didn't, we, we know that Sergeant Pepper didn't play the, the, uh, teach his band to play. That was the year before that. That was 20 years ago today. Yeah, no, actually, uh, 19 so, years ago today, I was born. <laughs> you came into this world. That was, that was, fr that was frightening. That was the sound. That was an actual recording. I got it from your father earlier today. That's a little creepy. And did he show you? Did he show you? He showed me the, like the picture of, with the uh, bear rug. Did he have a piece of like umbilical cord or something? No, he had the foreskin. Ah, the foreskin. It was like so tiny. Much smaller than you usually see. One Central Kentucky uh, Elvis personator. So now he's um, going to be singing uh, Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> Seattle Biomedical Research Institutes will pay volunteers as much as $4,000 to be bitten by mosquitoes that are infected with malaria. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Man, are you kidding me? I mean, how many homeless people are going to line up around the block for 4000 bucks? I'm thinking about doing it. And I got a job. Yeah, let's go, dude. Scientists say that no lives are in danger because the volunteers could be cured. <laughs> oh, okay. The Institute is testing which vaccines work the fastest. They all work. The head of the program, Dr. Patrick Duffy, says volunteers will spend several nights under medical supervision in a hotel. Man, watching the tube eating pizza pie. Let's go, dude. It'll only be a couple hundred we'll bucks. We'll fucking the... get ourselves a couple of fucking... It'll only be a couple hundred bucks for the plane ticket, dude. We'll get Not some... to mention a couple of bags of herb. Yeah, we'll get a couple of bags of herb. We'll go there. Make four grand. Bam. We're back. Come on. We'll stop off at Vegas on the way back. I'm not 21, man. I can't fucking get Oh, no, shit. That's true. We, well, where can we go? That'll be fun. Uh, uh, Vietnam? Nah, they don't care how old you are there. All the human trials will be uh, reviewed for safety by the FDA. So if you're interested in that, check out sbri.org. SBRI, the Seattle Biomedical Research Institute. By the way, hotel in Seattle, Washington? Man, oh, man, alive. Where do I fucking sign up? I know, for real, dude. Come on, let's get some ratty clothes and go, man. Here's the thing. 
This is 2008. You actually have to be bitten by a mosquito to get malaria. Can't they just give you malaria? Can't they inject it in a needle? Do you have to have the mosquito? Yeah, I know. Do you have to have that itchy, burning, yeah? What's up with that feeling? Like in this day and age, they don't know how to do it without the bug. In Star Trek, they just like a whoosh of air. They you didn't even have to roll up your sleeve when they gave you drugs. Yeah, I know, right? Star- st- I never watched Star Trek. I always thought it was kind of gay. Well, you're an idiot. It was brilliant, and a lot of the scientists today, I'm sure, th- uh, base their entire shit on Star Trek. And that's why we are where we are. Big George Helms had tickets for last week's NASCAR race at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, but died before he got to use them. He still made it to the track, though. Six foot five, 400 pounds. Helms wouldn't have been able to fit into a race car, but after his death from a heart attack on December 28th, loved ones decided to fulfill the 54-year-old's dream of participating in a NASCAR race and arranged for the former logger's ashes to be driven around the track. He was a logger. You can fucking do logging and weigh 400 pounds? Jesus Christ. How the fuck do you climb two feet and you go... <sighs> I know, right? <laughs> How the fuck do you do it? 400 pounds, six foot five. Surprised four- the tree didn't fucking snap. That seems... Maybe they're exaggerating on the weight there. Maybe he was 300 pounds. He must have felt like a big-ass his friends on a came, blade of grass. <laughs> his friends came up uh, during the memorial service and asked if they could take the ashes to the NASCAR race at Helms' mother. I said he'd love that. Driver Mike Herman taped uh, Helms' urn to the fire extinguisher of his Nationwide <laughs> Series car <laughs> during practice last Friday. He told uh, ESPN that he could hear someone squealing when he went through the couple of turns. I swear I did, Har- Harmon said. I heard, oh, okay. I heard a noise I'd never been before. I'd never heard before. It just happened that one time through turns one and two. He heard the ashes squealing with delight. That's kind of creepy. Mara Br- uh, Broder, a friend who accompanied the urn to Las Vegas, called Helms' family afterwards to describe how it went. It put uh, tears in my eyes, said Helms' younger brother, Alan who weighs 900 pounds, apparently. <laughs> and Helms will be Christ. at the track's next race, in spirit anyway. His friends spread his ashes at the speedway before returning the rest of them to his mother. So they gave him a little sprinkling, so he'll be there forever. A little sprink, sprink, sprinkle. We like the sprinkle, don't we, the, the dressing? Oh, I love the sprinkleation. You know what's nice? You know what I haven't had in a long time? What? Hash oil. Where you take a little bit and you drizzle it over the top of a bowl and it adds. Where do, you, where do we, where do we get a hold And when of you that? take a hit of it, what happens is it melts down and forms a crust. You know, like the ice cream, when they put the, dip it in the chocolate and it turns. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. It turns into like a magic crust over the herb. Yeah, how do, where do and we get it some of that? burns for like one bowl can burn for like a half hour, man. You pass it around just indefinite because the herb like wicks up the hash oil like a wick. Yeah. Do you know, remember in the Bible when they thought that the temple had been ravaged and they uh, didn't have enough oil to burn the eternal light? And then a, a miracle occurred because the, because the lamp lasted for eight days and eight nights while they went to get more oil. That's what it's like when you put hash oil in the bowl. It's like a miracle. All right, so how do we make it? Well, it, it's interesting you say, how do you make it? We can't make it. First of all, you have to start with like a, 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 a hefty bag filled with marijuana to get a little bit. Right. And basically what you do is you soak it. Some people use wine and some people use water. 
and you soak it, and then you strain it. And then the liquid that comes out, you strain it again. And the liquid that comes out, you strain it again. And the liquid that comes out of that, you have to do it. Some people do it seven or eight times. And you do it through like a cheesecloth until what's left is a clear amber liquid called, uh-huh. called hash oil. It's just basically the essence of the THC with suspended from the leaf. There's no organic matter left. It's just pure oil. Uh-huh. And then you take that oil and, you, you know, you, some people put it on the end of a paper clip and just light it and take one hit, you know, and that's it. And they're glued to the couch. For the- <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But what I like to do is I like to make a little drizzlation. And I used to have a friend up in um, Canada who used to send me once a year a baby food jar filled with about $5,000 worth of hash oil that she made herself once a year from her own crop. That's what I'm talking about. It was a thing to behold. Her daughter, she was so world well known for this product, I shit you not, her, you know what her daughter's name was? What? Amber. Oh, really? Because of the amber oil that she, was produ- that she produced and became world-renowned for. Her name was Banshee. She used to be an early listener to Jester Radio 10 years ago. In fact, you know Sid the Neighbor? Uh-huh. The reason he's called Sid the Neighbor is he's Banshee's next-door neighbor. He was, anyway, at the really? time. Yeah. That's how I met him, through her. That's cool. And she used to send me this oil once a year, man. It was like, when I tell you it was Christmas and uh, I guess it actually came around Christmas. But nevertheless... So yeah, man, you could sprinkle my ashes. I think the ashes thing is the is the way to go, because put some of me in them right away. I, the whole thing with the body and the burial and the whole scam with the coffin and those parasites who make a, a bundle out of you know yeah. that whole business is totally not for me. Not yeah. that I care because my I won't ashes be, in the pot. I won't of the be pot there, plant. but yeah, there now you're talking, man. That's what I want to be. I want to be a fucking marijuana hit, man, in my next life. Sprinkled me in a fucking marijuana field. Put a little in my guitar, too, and then shake it around. So here's what happened with the Jeff today. I finally had my confro. I called her around noonish. If you recall, uh, yesterday, um, I told you that I had reserved a block of time with her. She told me she can give me an hour. Uh-huh. So um, I had basically 24 hours to calm the fuck down. And not say anything, you know, that I always inevitably, it's always these conversations when I'm like upset or I'm like thinking about shit and I fester and I build myself into a frenzy. You know, there's a famous story, you know, about the lawnmower story? No. Guy goes to start his lawnmower one day and it doesn't start. And he says, oh, shit. And he goes, you know what? I'll run over and I'll ask Joe for his lawnmower. I'm just going to borrow it for the afternoon and I'll get my lawnmower fixed he starts walking across the lawn, and he starts thinking to himself, yeah, good old Joe will just, you know, I'll borrow his lawnmower. Then he thinks, huh, imagine if Joe says, no, I can't borrow the lawnmower. That would be ridiculous. And he starts thinking, after all the shit that I've done for him, for him to have the nerve to turn me down, to lawn me his lawnmower, what kind of cocksucker would that have? And by the time he gets over to his neighbor's house, he's built himself into a frenzy. Uh Uh-huh. Of just 
making it up in his head. And he rings the doorbell, and by then the smoke is pouring out of his ears. The guy flings the door open, and he says, Hey, good afternoon, Bob. What can I do for you this beautiful sunny afternoon? And he says, You can take your lawnmower, and you can shove it up your fucking ass. Because <laughs> he's just in his head, and that's what happens to me is I get fucking whipped into a frenzy in my head, and then by the time I talk to somebody, I say things inevitably I regret. So it, it was important that I gave myself some time, even though she offered to talk to me yesterday. I said, no, bet tomorrow is better. Yeah, tomorrow's always better. So basically I said, tomorrow's not always better. So basically I said to her, and I don't remember every word, but basically I said, you know, I'm really upset, uh, uh, and I said, used all the I words. I didn't say you did this or you did that. I said everything me, I, I feel, I worry, I think, etc. So I said, you know, I'm really still kind of confused because the last time we spoke, I told you all these heavy feelings, and then the next time you said, um, and I said, um, you, you, you sort of prompted me to talk about feelings, and I said, well, one of those feelings are about you, that I have these bad feelings that you never responded to me. Um, and you just fucking went off on me, uh, you know, about how I never listen. And I ended up walking away thinking, I have no fucking idea what the hell just happened. Because I still don't fucking understand, and even though you think you said everything, I still don't fucking know. So, and I would think that that's okay. People are still allowed to, you know, ask if I fucked up, and if I didn't hear, then... Say, say it again, man. I say shit to you fucking a thousand times. You got a fucking brain tumor, for Christ's sake. I say hello to you ten times. I'm on the phone with her. And she says, hold on to talk to the lady behind the counter. And she forgets she's on the phone with me. And this happens ten times in a conversation. So the least you could do is refresh my fucking memory of what it is you think you said to me already. So I didn't say it in these terms. I was very gentle and Calm. Of course you were. No, 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 seriously, I really was. And so much so that she made a lot of these kind of noises the whole time I was talking. She went like this. Oh, mm, yeah, oh, oh. You know, like these like really compassionate noises. Yeah, like she really... <laughs> she made all the right noises, man. She doesn't always like make those really, noises. Like Usually she really she's felt. fucking, you know, doesn't make any noises. So she was working it. And then... So finally, you know, I basically said, and the, you know, the thing is, I really still am confused about how it was we, you know, broke up or whether or not we're broken up. And, you know, you tell me I should know, but in the same breath, you say your feelings change. So I'm not saying which one is it because I didn't end up asking any questions, but I sort of left it hanging like, you know, the balls in your court. And she definitely responded. You want to hear what she said? What'd she say? I'll tell you right after this. You're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio. Down by the River Charles. You know where that is? No, where is In it? In Boston. Oh, you're talking about... This is my town. About Boston.
what you're doing to me This MTV is not for free It's so PC is killing me So desperately I'll sing the other love Traveler on Just Radio, The Hook, and uh, the Standells, uh, uh, Dirty Water started that set. Boston is uh, You're My Home, and that one goes out to uh, Bob the Engineer, who hails from Boston. And uh, we we wrapped that both in uh, the Beatles there. You're listening to the Roovings of Acclaim this March the 5th. 646-502-8600 gets you live on the air. Stop by the Jester Radio chat room and say hi. Hanging with uh, S. Poe and Lulu. And uh, apparently she's got quite a tale to tell. She's been far and wide across this great land of ours. Um, so, And she's just returned home. And uh, be it ever so humble, when wintry weather skies, police uh, um, uh, w- 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 strikes, I should say, police don't spend uh, all their time dealing with motorists who can't adapt. On Tuesday in Springdale, Arkansas, an alarm sounded at 5 a.m. at Papa John's Pizza Outlet. Police saw that the door had been forced, but a better clue was on the ground. Footprints in the snow. Police followed the tracks to the back of another business where they found Bradley T. Hyde, 29, of Lowell, Arkansas. Authorities say Lowell, uh, Lowell was carrying clothing from the uh, Anna's family boutique. Investigators say Hyde also had kicked in the back door to the Cecilia Salon and had climbed through the ceiling to enter the adjacent uh, clothing store. Hyde had 166 bucks that the cops believe was stolen from the pizza place. He's being uh, held uh, today in Washington County Jail. In case you want to give him a call, <laughs> let him know that uh, if you're going to rob someplace, uh, it's probably better to wait to the spring. Juan Pablo de Potts didn't uh, mind that a Royal Opera House poster showed him naked. He didn't even mind the airbrushing. The 28-year-old actor was just upset that the company didn't ask for his consent. The opera company said today it would stop using the promotional poster for Verdi's Rigoletto. The nude image, which appeared last year in the poster, was taken from a 2001 staging in which DePace had a small role. We took photographs of all productions, and we may use those for promotional purposes in the future. Royal Opera House spokesman Christopher Millard said he was in a photograph that was a striking, fantastic image of which we used for publicity purposes for subsequent performances. Millard said the company had received a letter from DePace's representatives expressing his unhappiness and noting that to Juan's embarrassment, his penis has been airbrushed out. 
The company said that it had altered the image in various ways for different posters, including covering uh, DePace's groin with a cloth in one version. Uh, DePace's publicist, however, said the dispute had nothing to do with his anatomy. He was perfectly happy in the first place to get naked and take pictures, said spokesman Eugene O'Hara. He said the problem was they used the image for seven years without consent or payment. Miller said the Royal Opera had no performances of Rigoletto planned for this year and would not use the poster again. Argentina Born de Pace is due to appear in the film version of the ABBA musical Mamma Mia alongside uh, Meryl Streep and Colin Firth. So somehow they're going to use uh, Meryl Streep in a movie based on the Broadway show Mamma Mia, which is a show based on the music of ABBA. So I don't even know if there's a plot or they just just a thinly hung excuse to to burst into ABBA songs. I don't even know. You know, uh, when I go to a Broadway show, it's not those kinds of shows. I could tell. <laughs> it's not. It's not the ABBA show. If I'm going to spend, you know, four hundred bucks for some Broadway tickets. Hey, why not um, give us a call? Let us know what's uh, going on inside your head, 646-502-8600. Or Skype in through your uh, Skype program. Our Skype name is Jester Radio. Simple as that. Send all requests to request at jesterradio.com, or you can email me directly, the Jester, directly at thejester at jesterradio.com. Yeah, that goes right to me. Nobody even gets to see it but me. So give us a call. Uh, what else? That's it? All right. Here's the story about Minnie the Moocher. She was a low-down huge coocher But Minnie had a heart as big as a whale. You know women like that. Please don't fuck with that dial. It gets good starting right now.
Aerosmith on Jester Radio. Maybe tomorrow the good Lord will take you away. So just uh, dream until your dreams come true. Cab Calloway before that, and the story of Minnie the Moocher. She messed around with a uh, bloke named Smokey. He was uh, cool, but uh, he was cokey, if you know what I mean. Hey, you've been listening to the Roovings of Acclaim this uh, Wednesday, March the 5th. This just in, a story that um, Lulu pointed out to me. Clinton campaign in El Paso said that her lawyers are compiling a number of complaints from Democrats who attended yesterday's caucuses. The complaints from Clinton's campaign include Obama supporters intimidating voters, giving caucus goers wrong information, and changing people's votes at the caucuses. It was uh, shocking. It was shocking. I could not believe it, said Rosa Soto from Northeast El Paso. Soto was talking about what she saw at her caucus uh, last night at Crosby Elementary. She said an Obama supporter was filling in Obama's name for other people. I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, they left it blank. I said, but you're not supposed to be writing anything, <laughs> she said. Soto said the woman also told people it was okay to leave after signing up. So while they had 100 people sign up, only 100 people actually voted. They sent people home. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll fill in. By the time we counted the numbers, it was only 62 people for Hillary and 30, 38 for Obama, and we thought something happened here. The Clinton campaign in El Paso said they're uh, investigating dozens of voting complaints in the Sun City alone. Apparently, um, El Paso is uh, virulently anti-Hillary. At the El Paso Democratic Party headquarters, they were looking into the issues. Any of that uh, that was not correctly made, that will be corrected so the country can be pretty well assured that anything that was supposed to be done properly is going to be properly, said the El Paso Democratic Party chairman Danny Ancondo. Yeah, that's what he said. Anything that's supposed to be done properly is going to be done properly. Ancondo said that they're also working on improving the other problems of the caucuses yesterday, such as uh, precinct chairs not showing up and issues with election officials. It's something that unfortunately happened, but something we can fix. Uh, and kind of said, KFOX uh, contacted the Obama campaign in El Paso to see if they received any complaints. They said besides uh, a few overly excited Democrats, the caucuses went well, and they believe in the Texas Democratic primary process which differs, of course, from the actual American Democratic primary process where they actually allow the voters to fill in who they want to vote for. So, But uh, this guy, rest assured, he believes in the process. So this story comes to us by way of um, Luann, who, as you know, is uh, lives in El Paso, Texas, and, and you know, by day is a... Uh, a nationally respected uh, uh, a leader in her field of uh, of um, technology to help uh, people with uh, disabilities, and uh, at at night uh, she's uh, runs a one of those webcams. She does an all nude uh, review with some of the neighbors. So you might want to check that out. You've been listening to the ravings of a clown on Jester Radio. This uh, Wednesday, March the 5th, the year of our Lord, 2005, uh, extra special birthday wishes go out to Bob the Engineer tonight. And um, 
You know, what can I say, old bud? Welcome, my son. Welcome to the machine. Where have you been? It's all right. We know where you've been. You've been to the pipeline, filling in time, provided with toys and scouting for boys. You bought a guitar to punish your ma. You didn't like school, because you know you're nobody's fool. So welcome to the machine.
sounds like a lot of jibber-jabber, but if you listen to it backwards, you can hear Roger Waters saying, $10.50, please. Hey, you're listening to the Ravings of a Clown on Jester Radio this uh, March the 5th. Extra special thanks for all those who stopped by the Jester Radio chat room to join in the fun. Um, and uh, also to uh, Bob the Engineer, special uh, birthday greetings on behalf of uh, Dolly the Receptionist and myself and all those here at Jester Radio. Uh, warm and happy, uh, healthy uh, birthday. When they get older... Logan, Eli, and Colin Penn may blanch at the notion that they wore nail polish to their first news conference, but it's the only way their parents know how to tell the boys apart right now. The identical triplets were born Wednesday at North Shore University Hospital on Long Island, an event so rare that an obstetrician estimated it might happen just once in 200 billion births. No, was that million? What's the difference? The triplets' mother, Allison Penn of Manhasset, was impregnated with just one embryo through in vitro fertilization. Uh, according to Dr. Victor Klein, a specialist in multiple births and high-risk pregnancies who delivered the boys, the embryo split in half and then one half of that split in half again, he said. This is the first one we're aware of in the literature in the country in which the, uh, they only uh, put back one embryo and a woman gave birth to triplets, said Klein. Most people put back two or three embryos and you never know. It's a, it's, a, it's a lotto. Identical triplets are born at a rate between 1 in 60,000 and 1 in 200 million, depending on the research. According to Klein, Allison Penn, 31, said that she and her husband, Tom, 46, have tried to have a baby since they got married four years ago. So this makes up for it. They did all three in one schlock instead of going through the trouble for, you know, three separate times. Although she once thought of having several children, the uh, disappointments over four years revised her dreams downward. Uh, when it took us so long to get pregnant, I just assumed we were going to have one, and that would probably be it, she said. So I thought one would be good. And when she and her husband were told that the three youngsters were on the way, I looked over at Allison, and her mouth was wide open, and her eyes were like saucers. And she didn't say a word, Tom Penn said. Then I realized that it was possible, and I started to laugh. He confessed... He couldn't get over the irony. Everything we had done to have a baby, anybody knows who says that God doesn't have a sense of humor. Everything we did was just for having one baby, and now we have three. And there you go. Apparently, God is busy cracking up uh, the um, uh, pens of Manhasset, Long Island, and uh, you know those, those uh, poor kids in Rwanda who were starving to death. I guess they can just go fuck themselves. To help tell them apart, the boys have a dot of maroon nail polish on their fingers. Logan Thomas, who weighed 4 pounds, 12 ounces, has a mark on his thumb. Eli Kirkwood, uh, a four-pounder, had polish on his forefinger. And Colin McGuire, also 4 pounds, 11 ounces, has a mark on his middle finger, so they can tell which one's which. Logan may have a problem with a non-functioning kidney, but the other kids are healthy and happy. Allison, an educational specialist for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, that she's not decided whether to return to work. Uh, this is one of those one-day-at-a-time issues, she said. Take it from me, who had a wife that said that, uh, she ain't going back to work. Finally, this evening, when Robert um, Kadera's teenage son was running late for a tennis date near his northern Illinois home, uh, Kadera came up with a novel way of, to avoid the 45 minutes' worth of traffic, fly. 
There was only one problem. He had to land without permission on a golf course. Now the Federal Aviation Administration is investigating, and local authorities are considering filing charges. I don't know what the guy thought. The kid was going to jump out with a parachute? We're all pretty dumbfounded, said Lincolnshire Police Chief Randy Melvin. I don't have any idea what the guy was thinking. Uh, he was going to park his plane across the street like nobody would notice. Kadera, a 65-year-old electrical engineer, flew his 14-year-old son Isaac in a four-seat 1949 Piper Cherokee, uh, Piper Clipper, I should say, from the, their Lake Villa home to the golf course in Lincolnshire across the highway from the tennis club. They were on their way to the tennis club when authorities stopped them. The plane had to circle twice before landing. Witnesses called the police, fearing that it was going to crash. Kadera, a Navy veteran with 40 years of flying experience, wasn't allowed to fly the plane home and had to be towed. Uh, he said he thought flying his son would be a convenient way to get him down here and get him to his uh, tennis on time. Next time, he said he'll drive. Uh, 1949 Piper Clipper to rush his kid to tennis? Man, it really makes you worry and wonder. Thanks so much for stopping by. We will meet in that place where darkness never comes. Until that time, it's a hard world to get a break in. All the good things have been taken. But girl, there are ways to make certain things pay. Though I'm dressed in these rags, I'll wear a sable someday. Until that time, Eustace, good night. See you tomorrow. Yes.